everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm Jai. What's up, everybody? I guess it's really weird because I feel like the last time we recorded an episode that went up at the right time was a while ago. So we have two episodes in the vault that I'm going to release, I guess, I mean, you won't hear this, but one tomorrow and then another one on Sunday. And then I'm going to try, I want to do two a week. I don't know if that's possible. But um, it, it might be, I don't know. It might I mean, be, I mean, I have rotating guests, so I'm sure if, like, you know, you want to do one, you know, like, it doesn't always have to be to the same person, but I kind of want to yeah, do you've got Mike. You've got more. Mike. Yeah, I've got Mike, yeah. Jules, Jules is going to do one. Yeah, so I might try to do two, uh, two a week, because, I mean, it's quarantine. I mean, yeah, people have got yeah. nothing to do. <laughs> I know, listen. like, today I listen to the podcast and, like, I don't always just want to listen to music. So, like, um, I'm all about podcasts as well. So I'm sure there's plenty of people who feel the same way, you know? Yeah, totally. Especially now, because there's so much news. I think I have political podcasts, I have movie ones, I have music ones. Like, there's just so many. And then there's, like, the ones that are actual stories, like the old-timey ones that are just, like, dramas, but they're, like, radio dramas. Uh, oh, Rami yeah. Malek has a cool one. Um, oh, he does. Oh, you actually yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, like he has a cool one. I started it, but I haven't finished the story. But it's really cool. That's like an old medium that's kind of coming back. Because I used to do that when my mom was young. She's like, we used to have like old time radio on Sunday nights. And you like listen to like the story, like the Western. And you like wait till the next week to see like what was oh, coming on. I was like, cool. that's cool. Yeah, yeah that that's cool. cool. That's cool they're doing that. But today we're talking about the film My Own Private Idaho from 1991, directed by Gus Van Sant. Um, I, it's been a long time since I've seen this film because it's literally not available anywhere. Um, mm. it's, I don't think it's ever been on streaming, not that I've seen. So uh, I bought the DVD for my birthday last or two months ago now, but I hadn't seen it in a while, but I'm excited to talk about it and... And it's Pride Month. It's June. So that's cool. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Very important like, piece so... of new queer cinema. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Perfect timing. Um, yeah. Totally. You, so you've seen it quite a few times. I've seen it maybe, I don't know, maybe four okay. before watching it here. I saw it when I was about either 15 or 16. I rented it. I remember that because it came out in 91. So I was really young, obviously, when it came out. I didn't watch it when it came out. But yeah, I was like 15 or 16. I rented it because I knew River Phoenix and I knew Keanu Reeves. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd heard of this film. It wasn't that big. It was very underground. And uh, I think I probably saw the cover or I heard about it. And I was like, oh, uh, I'm going to watch this. And it was really weird. I mean, not weird. Like it was really good but I feel like this is the first film that I watched as a young teenager that was just completely different from anything I'd ever seen before it was just yeah yeah, he just has a way I mean Gus Van Sant just has that way I feel like he does that in a lot of his films like he just has a way of constructing this story and location and visuals like it, it all just and his team you know too but it's it's really interesting but what did you think about it what's your history with it have you heard of it before um, I honestly don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't remember really because I when you told me about it, I was like, I definitely like that doesn't ring a bell. Um, and yeah, I don't even think I heard of it before. But I I really liked it. I love the oh, story. Cool. Um, it's like 
beautiful and tragic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why I like it as well. Like, it's not, like, you know, happy ending and, like, you know, predictable. Like, you don't really know where it's going to go. I figured um, out kind of the films that you like. I was like, okay, Josh probably going to like this one because it's not like a dumb comedy and it's kind of sad and uh, sad, yeah. really dramatic. And I was like, she's going to like this one. She's not going to like Tommy Boy or like some dumb Chris Farley movie, which I, I will definitely review on the site. Um, <laughs> Or just on the not podcast. with me. Yeah, just yeah. not with Jai. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, don't fear. If you want some dumb 90s slapstick comedy, I, I will do it. So that's super, that's <laughs> really funny to get to. But Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. It is thoroughly, like, right up my alley. And I I love, obviously, the cinematography. It's really cool. But mm-hmm. I feel like Keanu and, and Phoenix really just carried the whole film. I oh, feel yeah. Like Obviously, you have, like, all the actors, like, all the street kids and everything. But, um, I I mean, were they sort of actual, just, like, not actors, right? Yeah, I, I believe they're... some of them were some people that he knew from the area. Because Gus Van Sant was in and around Portland for a long time. Like, he lived there. Yeah. So, I, I believe that yeah. that, yeah, some of the some of the people are, I think, kind of, like, real, like, real people. Yeah, I feel I feel that um, you kind of see that, and I don't think it, it wasn't like it was bad, but there were like the scenes that included all the kids and uh, Richard. What's his mm-hmm. name, Richard, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that they weren't very strong. Like I, I feel like for some reason, maybe it wasn't the acting, but they kind of felt a bit flat. And I feel that if you didn't like have Keanu and Phoenix, it would have been like not great. Um, oh, yeah, well, the, yeah, just totally. The scenes where they were in there. But I get it. If they were like just normal kids, um, you know, it it's going to show. I mean, not always, because in like, a movie like Kids, where you have none of them were real actors, it mm-hmm. really works. But, but anyway, yeah, I just felt that some of the scenes were a bit flat. And, um, and except for Flea, obviously, he was great. I know. But, but his character was kind of mental anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Knowing him, you kind of feel like he's just being himself almost. Oh, totally. And also, interestingly enough, that you mentioned kids, is Gus Van Sant produced Larry Clark's Kids, which came out in 95. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Because he's so, also yeah. quite attracted to that, like... Um, that world, kind of, like, subculture world. And, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that sort of culture, which is cool. Um, but I did know, even though I only watched it for the first time today, mm-hmm. I... I know that it definitely was like ahead of its time because I totally. can't imagine in ninety one. Even like remember when um what is that move uh Brack no Brock Broke Back Mountain? Yeah. Thank you. When that came out, even that one was a bit like people were like, Whoa, you know? And that was like way later. So yeah, for a like movie 05. about this and like in ninety one it it probably was like the first one, like American, not not French, because actually, his style reminds me, it, at least in this film, really reminds me of like French, um, some French the, directors, like all mm-hmm. like old school directors, like the New Wave, like Godard, yeah. and yeah, 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 but um, but yeah, like I, I thought it was like really beautifully done, and 
I love how abstract the sex scenes were. So oh, that, that's listed in one of my favorite is in one of my favorite scenes. Is like I love how all the love scenes are are like stills. Yeah, and they're just because like almost we, like slow motion, like a yeah, stop like motion. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that they were abstract, but then look beautiful and surreal, and they, they weren't like disturbing or anything at all you know which was kind no. of beautiful like yeah i love that it's just a really beautiful film yeah i have a, some notes on it well it's based on kind of uh shakespeare's henry the fourth and the fifth so yes yeah, so, yeah like slightly, slightly. Influence, yeah yeah right. so that's pretty cool and it's like that mixed with like the street world of kind of like hustlers and and you know people who live on the street and just kind of like that whole subculture, which is, which is really cool. And then I think I realized while watching this film recently, I guess I watched it last week just for myself. And I was like, wait, we should do this. <laughs> we should do my own private Idaho. Why would we not done this? Cause a lot of people love river Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. and for obvious reasons, cause he's just, he was just an incredible actor. And then I have in this, uh, in my notes that for like the first thoughts of it is that river Phoenix has so many parallels with, uh, Heath Ledger. I feel like they're just like, granted Heath Ledger had a more prolific film career. Fortunately, we got to see more from Heath Ledger and we didn't, I think uh, river only did 14 feature films, but, um, it was actually one Heath Ledger might've done around 14 probably, but, um, but they just have such a, like uh i don't know it's just like a very old soul quality like you just yeah. don't know where like they're pulling this from you know and granted river phoenix had such a i guess tumultuous childhood i don't think heath ledger came from the same type of background that river phoenix did but it no. was just so much of the film like when you meet mike and like his character it just made me think so much of like how he grew up because yeah. he grew up in that children of God cult and like he, yeah. he had no education. I was just reading that he hadn't, he never went to formal school, River Phoenix. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I like think, he, but isn't it the same for uh, Joaquin Phoenix? I don't think he's a bit either. younger. So I think that by the time that I think Joaquin was pretty young and I think River, River, I think was the oldest of the Phoenix family. So I think by the time that Joaquin was maybe like 10 or something like river was just like he was just out there more he was also really famous when he was young like river phoenix was in stand by me and he was really young so he was like he was famous i guess when he was a kid like joaquin was in a few things but he didn't really start starring in things until like the mid 90s like it was still river i think people might have known that he had a younger brother that acted but it was basically river phoenix like he was you know like leading at that point like doing leading roles and stuff i'm also surprised he didn't get an oscar nomination for this film either um was he not but the film had well maybe he didn't get a nomination but they were the critics like were really pleased with his performance oh yeah like they were like he's amazing Mm -hmm. he was really amazing like because he was so young. I think he was, like, 21 when he filmed this. Mm-hmm. And, and Keanu was a lot older, right? Like... I Yeah, I think Keanu was born in, like... What is he born in, like, the 60s? Remember Phoenix was know, born he, in the... He definitely is, like, older. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. It, but... Oh, yeah. They are six years apart. Okay, Keanu yeah. And River Phoenix. So, Yeah. That's, it's really crazy. Like, I, I just, and I thought of also, I also think this is my favorite Keanu Reeves movie. 
after oh, watching really? it, I was just yeah, because I was thinking of all the films that I've seen him in, and we'll definitely get to some other uh, Keanu films. Like we could go in like a whole like oh whole yeah chapter sure. of Keanu. But Point Break is another one of my favorites, uh, basically because it's a sick action movie directed by a woman. So that's why I, I really love it. But um, it's this one I feel like is people always give Keanu Reeves flack for being kind of like this dumbass, just because he did a lot of those. He has that kind of, his voice is very much like, hey man, like surfer, whoa, you know? <laughs> he has that kind of, just the way he talks. Even mm-hmm. in My Own Private Idaho, that's just part of, I think, his speech pattern. I don't think it's necessarily like a thing he's putting on. But in this one, I feel like you didn't see that kind of, um, you know, kind of like a dumb character. Like people said that about him in The Matrix. That he was kind of like, really? oh, wow. yeah, that he was very like one dimensional. People used to make fun of him for just being kind of dumb and one dimensional, like just in like pop culture and stuff. And I was like, why? Why do they think? Really I mean, not at all. No, Maybe I don't think biased, he is. Yeah, I don't we, think he is. I mean, we're definitely sort of obsessed with him. Like, yeah, recently. Well, he's really beautiful, but also he's just really humble. I, yeah. I think I, I used to re- like, I always thought he was like hot, but. I think when you know, like, when you hear about his personality and, like, how kind and generous and anti-Hollywood he's, like, just makes you like him even more, you know? Yeah, totally. I love Keanu. Cool. I think he's great. I think he's super cool. I'd love to meet him. He's probably the one celebrity, not the one, but I think I have, like, two or three that I really admire their work and I actually want to hang out with them. Not like because I I love Leonardo DiCaprio, but I don't know that I would like hang out. He would not be cool to hang out. He That's the thing is I don't know if I would be cool to talk like, to him. You know, cocky and yeah, no. Yeah, I just don't know. Even from interviews, I can kind of tell that if you're not one of his friends, it's probably just like a totally weird relationship. But I feel like when you see Keanu, oh, this is really funny too. I was watching this um, interview on YouTube the other day, and it was when he was in Toy Story, the latest one. And yeah. he was, I think, one of the voices of, like, one of the new toys or something. And the woman on the red carpet's, like, I don't know, she's from, like, Extra or, like, one of those, like, dumb Hollywood things. And Flea is right next to him. Like, Flea's, mm-hmm. like, literally right down and, like, talking to someone else. And then Flea's, like, hey, man. And then he's, like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? And then and then uh, the interviewer's, like, oh, yeah, you know him. Cool. And he's, like, yeah, we did a movie together. And she, like, was, like, oh, yeah, cool. I was, like, motherfucker, why am I not doing this? I would be, like, oh, my God, my own private Idaho, what's up? Like, I would be, I would totally know all those crazy references. And this woman was just, like, oh, cool, you know him? Oh, yeah, whatever. Like, back to you being the Internet's boyfriend. And he was, like, oh, oh no. Like, okay. But he obviously doesn't know anything. No. Like- <laughs> I was like, Keanu, come on the podcast. <laughs> you never know. You should like, reach out. You never know. I feel like he would do it. I feel like he's probably the celebrity who would be like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, give me the number. Like, we'll we'll talk. Like, we'll talk on the phone. Could you imagine? Well, maybe that can be like, you know. My goal for the end your of goal the year. List. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't have any goals list anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was doing this uh, monthly goals with Jai and and her husband, too. We were all doing it together. And then I guess when this <laughs> pandemic, I think we tried to do one remotely or something. Or I was like, we no. We were doing them, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do it. Are you guys still doing that? We are. But it's kind of funny because there is, like, also and this other girl, like, my friend in London. And for some reason, Matthew and Miele, they, they haven't been 
like up for it they kind of like you know just the world I mean obviously it's hard with everything that's going on like they just don't feel I guess very motivated to do it and Matthew didn't do it this this month but we've been doing it consistently um yeah, well, I'm still cool. doing them. I, I need to have goals. I It's like my thing, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that, it's actually a good thing. I, I probably should come up with a different way. I feel like I can have goals, and that's fine, but I feel like I have to come up with a different way to, like, structure it. I think yeah. it's the I think it's the paper. I might need to get a whiteboard because I have a small one, but I think I might need to get a bigger one so I can literally look at it every time I, I see it, like, on the wall. Because if it's in a piece of paper or a phone, I, I won't check it. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't register or I forget yeah. that it's even there. So maybe I should do like I mean, a whiteboard. Whatever works. I, 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 I'm like, I love notebooks. I just love writing because I feel like I don't want to forget, you know, how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, same. Yeah, same. It, it's actually quite beautiful just to write and, uh, and not to rely on the computer on your, or, or your phone to spell things, you know, because everything mm-hmm. is like autocorrect or whatever. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, like, you could do little things, like, you could have one of those boards on your wall, and just, like, little... Yeah, the vision boards. Kind of, yeah. I yeah, I should, I, I should do something. Yeah. I should do something. Well, anyway, why, why did we talk about goals? Oh, yeah, Keanu, and, like... Oh, yeah, the um, goal is to get Keanu invite. on the podcast, yeah, so if anyone out there listening knows his people, whatever, <laughs> you know the email, get in touch. Oh, by the way, like and subscribe to this motherfucking podcast. Okay, I did not put a post-it on the screen, but I need to, but I'm actually going to post it in the notes, and I'm going to just copy and paste it, so it'll okay, always be there. That's a great idea. So yeah, every other podcast do does that, so I'm like, oh, wait, I should probably do that. All right, so back into the film. Uh, I have some behind-the-scenes notes. Do you have any? Uh, no, 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 I, I did read a bit about it, but I don't really think I wrote anything down. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so I just watched a little bit of the documentary that is on the DVD, which is also on YouTube, which I'll write in the notes probably on the post on the website. But um, Drugstore Cowboy, which is another film that I have that I need to watch again, which I guess we could also do. It's another film by Gus Van Sant. I think it was like 89. It was like almost 90s but that film was made first but he really wanted to get my own private idaho done and he told you know showed the the script to lots of studios and they were kind of like uh i don't know like this is like kind of a weird topic like you know we don't really want to go in for it so uh drugstore cowboy was made first and that did pretty well so i think that kind of propelled him to be able to get this film done which was obviously really great and the crew in the beginning of the documentary the crew and every like principal cast and all that they all just talk about how it was just like a moment in time where everything just aligned like everything was good everyone just loved the energy on the set Uh, you know everything that was just done it was just kind of like right place right time so it's one of those films that kind of just came and was meant to be made almost and uh and then after he did drugstore cowboy he went back to Portland and decided to do a film that was based like a regional film in like his backyard, like a place that he knew really well and just kind of wanted to tell this story because I think the original treatment had it taking place in Hollywood Boulevard. And he was just like, they were like, no, like that's just not going to be the same film. Like it's so much better that it takes place in Oregon and 
Yeah, and it's also for the time, too. It's, like, early 90s. I mean, let us not forget, Pacific Northwest was really hot at the time. Like, it was, you know, grunge, Seattle. That's whole, right, yeah. Yeah, the whole nine. Obviously, like, the clothes. I mean, everything was very to the minute, you know, to the moment of, of how the world was. So I, I love that aspect of it. And and they said that the script was more of, like, a jumping-off point for the actors, not like a strict guideline. So a lot of the scenes were improvised and kind of taken a little bit further and which really helped the film too, to like really have a different impact. And I just love Van Sant's films are just so visual. And so many of them are just like visual portraits. They're just like, they stand alone with no dialogue. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of his films are like that. I didn't quite get that from Goodwill Hunting, although Goodwill Hunting was obviously no, like his commercial so, film. Yeah, like that that's was a not really big different release. from his other films because even mm-hmm. Elephant is a bit yep. more low key sort of thing. Like you don't really need. I, I, I guess just the other films is like a bigger production and like yeah, a, totally. a bigger cast and stuff. But he might have more money for that. I mean, he yeah, well, that was but, a big deal. Like, yeah. you know, Robin Williams, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that already like probably got because I think what Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were unknown at the time. So yeah, it's yeah, lucky they, they got that script made <laughs> that they wrote yeah. that script and lucky they got yeah. it made. So yeah, I read I read some um, some of the stuff you just mentioned, too, about, you know, like, he couldn't really get money for the film. They didn't really believe in the story or mm-hmm. they were nervous about it. But also there was another note that I came across. Um, that when he asked Keanu and River Phoenix to be in the film, they were unsure about each other. Like, they didn't think the other one would commit. Like, they both felt this way. Like, Keanu wasn't... He felt that he wanted to do it, but only if Phoenix definitely agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, he was kind of like, they both weren't sure, and they didn't want to just say yes, and then the other person would... Like, basically, kind of like, they would only do it if the other person was, like, 100%, like, um, down for it. So they both... Agreed at the same time, like oh, that's awesome. yeah, because they they kind of didn't want to do it if the other one um wasn't in it, you know, which is kind of cool. Like that's also really cool. I also found out this tidbit uh, side note about American Psycho is I don't know if a lot of people know that like Leonardo DiCaprio was meant to do that film, and Mary Heron. I didn't know. Yeah, Mary Heron, who's so dope. I think I probably mentioned this in the punk episode that was just on. I don't really remember, but Mary Heron is like a sick photographer in the punk scene in the 70s, but she also uh, went into film. So she did American Psycho, which is another... Right, like, you did mention that. I did yeah, mention this, I remember, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, I'm going to mention it again, that they really wanted Leo to do it, and she really wanted Christian Bale. She was like, no, I want this unknown guy like I really want it and the studio was like trying to push her out in order to get Leo in and she was like I don't yeah she was like I don't want Leo in this role like I mean that's fine but like I don't want this movie to be carried by such a huge star this is post Titanic Leo so I mean that movie would have been completely different if he was like the sex symbol Titanic dude now he's like killing people like you know in a film so so it's like she was like, no, I I want to do this with Christian Bale. Like I think he'd be great. And like, look what the fuck happened. Like we got yeah, Christian Bale. That sort of launched his career. Like, yeah, totally. Like, he really was like amazing as um, what's his name? Was Patrick his name Bateman. No, okay, that's Patrick right, yeah. Bateman. Yeah. Yeah, he was so great. 
I might have to sneak that one in as an episode because that was made in 2000, but it was probably filmed I think so. in 99. Yeah, I think we should do it. <laughs> yeah, do it. like 80s. Yeah, because yeah, that's such a great one. But um, I also have, uh, yeah, only $2.5 million budget. Like, if I was to ever make a film, granted this was in 91 or like 1990, if I ever was to make a film, which it's in my life goals to eventually make one, uh, short or otherwise, but like, this is the kind of film I'd want to make. I really want to mm. make something that's just super lo-fi and just really all about the stories and the actors and the location. Like, it's so not, yeah. you know, it's so not, like, glossy at all. You know, it's yeah. very much it's real. So you. Yeah, yeah so it's you very much start. real. I see you doing something like this. Um, I, you know, it's funny because when I went to Portland, when was that? January. It was this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just kind went. of, like, looks like the same. It hasn't, I mean... Obviously, some areas have, um, they, you know, there is like, what is that hotel? There's Hoxton Hotel. We stay there. It's like really nice and stuff. But for the most part, you have like one street that's like full of really cool cafes and shops. And then literally the street next to it is completely run down. And like, there's a lot of people hanging out on the streets. Yeah. Like, so... I felt like it kind of looked very similar to how it looks now. Like, Which is crazy. It's like 30 years is. ago. Yeah. No, it is. And it's kind of, I mean, not funny, but interesting that there are a lot of um, homeless shelters there. Mm-hmm. Like the community does a lot for homeless people. It was really cool. Like you got to a lot of restaurants and cafes and people like, they say like free pizza if you bring clothes to donate for the homeless and stuff. oh yeah that's cool it's kind of like a nice community you know they, they mm-hmm. really help them out so yeah anyway no wonder why they don't want to leave yeah i was gonna say like it just seems like a place that is i don't know i've never been to portland i've never been to pacific northwest either you would like it i know everyone tells me that so <laughs> they're cool. like you would so it's love so it. freaking cool lauren like it just feels very different from like any other place i've been um in the u.s you know yeah, that's cool and another weird random tidbit that I have not seen, but it was uh, talked about a lot a few years ago. James Franco actually made a film called My Own Private River. I believe it's available on YouTube. Really? And, yeah. And it is actually unseen uh, footage from My Own Private Idaho. That was shared with him from Gus Van Sant. So it's not like a total fan made thing. And it's kind of re-edited as the story would be portrayed in 2012. That's when it, he made it. And I think they were trying to get it to come out or because this is his favorite film, apparently, uh, Franco. And he like really want any loves River Phoenix and stuff. River Phoenix also reminds me a lot of James Dean, too. Another like Mm. young actor that had like a short um, career. But yeah, there's yeah, there's just so many. And uh, and he but he had like this. I don't know. There's just there's literally something about River Phoenix. I really don't know what it is. Like he literally seems like he was from another, like from the future, and I kind know of what you like mean. yeah, like he just has this immense mystery around him. He was like a vegan before vegan was a word. Like he was a very yeah. intense animal activist, like way before anyone was talking about anything like that, like against fur, and you know, like he was just very much like a social activist and animal, and like way before we even had media the way we do now. I think that's a lot to do with the the way they were raised, like the mm-hmm. that sort of um, the what is it called? What, like not called, but what community? Is it well, Children of God was it called? Well, like, it's a cult. Yeah, that was. But I think they left that 
uh, I don't think they were in that forever. I think they did leave no. maybe before a lot of crazy stuff started happening. But there's but- something to be said about people who like... I, I have friends, actually, in the UK who are American, and they were born in LA, like, what, California, and, yeah. But they, they were they were raised in a commune, you know, and they're vegan and totally, like, anti, like, I don't know, like, just really, like, activist. Yeah, like, so socially conscious. I guess yeah. it, it sort of makes sense if you're... Because not all cults are bad. And there are no, some cool no. things about cults, you know, it's all about community and creating things together and thinking for, like, like just others. Not but that's just more you, of, like, you know, a commune. Like, I, think a, yeah. I think the definition of a cult is, like, one person exacts their beliefs on an entire group of people, which is problematic. But a commune is kind of, like, equal ground. Like, everyone kind of has a voice. But a cult is when it becomes a bit more sinister because then it becomes well, like yeah. one man like there's one man who was head of children of god and they were like abusing children and like a whole bunch of crazy shit was happening uh, if you want to watch a documentary on that i i definitely definitely like there's a super warning because it's very very disturbing like what so that, like, while, that thing was yeah about. no i definitely want to watch it but why why country it was like, I mean, it was a cult, but it wasn't all cultish. You know what I mean? They so I didn't watch that. I couldn't get past oh, the didn't? first episode. Oh. I found it incredibly boring, and I've tried it so three times. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah, a lot of people movie. said that because I, I, I love, I love like everything about it, and it wasn't all bad. So yeah. Did anyone die? Was there like a murder situation, like a true crime the, situation? There was a tempt. An attempt, but oh, no, okay. no one died. Okay, okay. No one died. Is it still around? And, no, no. Well, there is sort of rumors that it might be like that. There might be some right nieces like around the world, like oh, okay. you know, following the same principles. But I don't. Who knows, right? Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, I just feel like it's just, yeah, it's just, it's great. I feel like people should watch it. Go rent it. I think it's like $2 if you haven't seen this film. It's not very much, but it's definitely a good $2 well spent if you <laughs> if you want to rent it. Because you can't stream it anywhere. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think it's one of those films everyone should watch. So, do you have any more behind the scenes notes? Not, no, not really. No. I think I just have like... million budget crazy made 6.4 in the box office so that's pretty cool and uh yeah yeah it's yeah it's not bad and then um the title of this will be this road will never end because you know i always try to get yeah but i have plot points and story just a few notes of like how the story um just kind of moves through like i just love the i mean this is almost kind of getting into like my favorite scenes but i love the beginning and like the bookends of this film like i i love the beginning and i love how it sets it up i also love the titles a lot too i love that color block titles um i think yeah, it's just something that. about that yeah i love it it's just it's great and just the progression of it and the pace it's a quite short film too it's like only an hour and a half or an hour and 40. It's not like a two and a half hour film, which it easily could have been because I feel like I would watch even more of just Keanu and River on a highway in Idaho for like a half hour, like with a voiceover, like I would watch that. So, um, but you know, it's, it's great that it's super succinct and every scene just is the perfect timing, just the way, just, yeah, just the way it moves. It moves really fast, but also not at the same time. It also has really like slow moments and uh yeah i love the interaction with the johns like the people that they sleep with 
I love how it's, yeah. and I love how it doesn't over sexualize um, just sex work in general. It's very much like this is what we do. We're not really claiming to be gay. We're not really claiming to be straight. We're not really claiming to be anything. Like this is what we do for survival, and it's very much like not. I don't want to say positive, but I love that there was no like really violent rape scene because you hear about that. And I think some of the, the kids talk about it in an interview they in did, the diner, yeah. but I love how yeah. they don't show it because I feel like we get so much. I, I mean, mysterious skin is a great film by Gregor Rocky. Also another, one of my favorite directors. And there's a really intense uh, rape scene, like a rape scene in that between two men. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's really tough to watch. Mm. And I'm, I'm glad that this film was not, like kind of based around that kind of shock factor. It was just way more emotional and kind of like gave you a human connection to people who do this for survival. Yeah, exactly. No, that is easy for sure. And like, it's, they're so young, you know, and I don't know. I think it, also it's that sense of community because they're all friends, you know, and they kind of like help each other out. Yeah. That was like really cool. They live in this sort of abandoned theater or something, right? So cool. I was like, the amount yeah. of shoots I would do in that place. <laughs> I just like live in there. <laughs> just like take pictures of everyone who comes in and out. It's just really cool. And I just love Mike. I love River Phoenix's character. I love how he's narcoleptic. I mean, I don't love that he's narcoleptic, but I just love what that adds to the story. And yeah. how it just like Keanu takes care of him and like wakes up with him and oh my god, you know, I, I just know. like it's She's just so sweet. Yeah, I just love the whole like interaction with them. And uh, that's why. Yeah, sorry. I, oh yeah, no, that's I, it. I yeah, what? Oh yeah, yeah, what? No, like it, it really is just about their friendship, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the, and the other kids, but you you really just see Mike and Scott like friendship to. I don't know. I feel like. Maybe not so much for for Scott, but Mikey really relies on him. He's kind of he doesn't really have anything else. No, he doesn't really have family, and like he has a really tough life. I mean, how is he ever? How is someone like that ever going to be able to get off the streets? You know, it's like impossible. He could never have a job. Yeah, yeah? that's very totally. sad. Yeah, but it's still a bit captures that like really. Just really beautifully, like like the scenery so dreamy and then I know I love that I love iconic road, yeah, with the sky and the clouds and and it's kind of like I suppose captures what Mike is experiencing. Like he just falls asleep by and you know <laughs> wakes up and it's like time goes by and I don't know it's just really pretty and dreamy. I don't know. It is really cool. I also love the. Um, the when they first talk about Bob, the like kind of uh, you know, mentor, like middle aged street guy mentor, like Pied Piper, essentially. Oh, god, I thought his name was Richard. I mean, is, that, is that what you were talking about? I think his real name might be Richard. Oh, um, god, okay. maybe, yeah, Bob. <laughs> Bob is Bob. the guy okay, we're talking sorry. about. Yeah. Um, Bob, yeah. Um, yeah, I love how he, I love how when Mike and Scott are talking about him in the diner and they're just like, oh yeah, like I heard Bob's coming back in town. And then, uh, Mike's like, oh yeah, you had a thing with him, Scott. Like, he's like, yeah, I love him. Like, you know, I love him more than my own father. Like he taught me everything I know. And he's just mm-hmm. like this, 
almost like this complete mystical creature. And then when you, I love how when you meet him, when they're all, when I think Mike wakes up on that rooftop and then you see all of them on different rooftops and then they look yeah. down and then they're like, Hey, it's Bob. He owes me money or like whatever, whatever they said. And I love how they all wake up on different rooftops. Like, I just love that that whole sequence it's just like and then they then they actually see him and then i love keanu's like or scott's kind of uh relationship with him and kind of like yeah. how he treats him and then how they have this kind of like it's just really strange but it's it's cool i mean it's really cool to see like how he kind of came up see, like because like he sort of is portrayed as the you know mentor and like someone who looks after them but Kind of. Kind of. He's that. Well, they're pimp, right? Well, yeah. So it's kind of complex. Like, no wonder why he has sort of mixed feelings um, about him, like Scott does. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. Because his own father is terrible. Yeah. And like this rich asshole, so he clearly has like fucked up dynamics on growing up in general, which ends up coming out in the end of the film where he, I think he's, I think Scott says like, yeah, one day I'm going to just switch. Like, you're not going to know it. And I'm just going to like switch and go back to a normal life. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like you're, I don't know how you could possibly do that. And then of course, like throughout the film that happens, you know, he just, yeah. I mean, I figure it will happen because he said it. And obviously, you know, his dad is reaching, but he's, inherits like when he what sort of like he's getting the money when he's 21 mm-hmm. you know but, yeah like the trust but, fund but it's very hard to see him change like and look down on all the people that he was them. surrounded by yeah and, and he completely abandoned mike yeah like, yeah, completely. Yeah. And after knowing, I mean, that goes into some of my favorite scenes, but it's that campfire scene. But like after knowing how Mike really feels about him, he's oh, yeah. still well. Maybe that encouraged. Maybe that kind of like yes, yeah, spurred it on him to yeah, because he obviously didn't feel that way. And like I don't know, I think he he seemed like such a soft, genuine person, but then at the end, he's just very cold mm-hmm. and harsh and cruel. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's in favorite scenes. Okay, let's just talk about those. Then. Oh, well, that, yeah, that was, that was in one of mine. But then I just had, um, yeah, that's all I had about, like, the story. You know, like, this, I have more about the, let's talk about the mood and the fashion and all that stuff before we get to okay. the, the scenes. So, yeah, what did you think about, like, the whole mood, like, the location, the fashion? Yeah, like, I love the contrast of the, I mean, it's meant to be Idaho, right? So this beautiful road with like blue sky, very dreamy, like painting like, and then you have the the scenes in, on the streets. You know, it's very mm-hmm. completely opposite, like um, setting. So I, I mean, I really love that, and the costume designer still did a really great job because I I know it's silly because it, it shouldn't be this difficult if you think about it. Like I'm sure most people are like, oh, you're dressing people as like homeless kids. Yeah. How, how can it be? But I looked at all the detail, and it was so incredible because the clothes actually looked filthy. Yeah, they looked like proper, like torn down, and like what Bob wears. You know, like he really just looks like a street man, and and even Mike's jacket is sort of dirty, and I don't know. I feel like it's not even that easy to just do a job like that. You know, to to 
to address people's like street kids. I feel um, like it's harder to do that. It is. Would to it be is like putting hard. people in suits, you know, it's like totally. that's easy, you know. Yeah, so much attention would be to like the hair, makeup, like the shoes, everything. And but I loved what Keanu Reeves wears. Everything he wears, mm-hmm. like just really simple, like a hoodie with a, or sweatshirt with a leather jacket. I know, I love that outfit. And then he has this like really cool knitted top with a yellow stripe. Oh yeah. Yeah, cool. super cool. Everything he wears is just like sick. And but, he has like a suit, kind of. It's like a not a suit, but it's like a waistcoat almost. It's like yeah. short. It's like a short. When they're when they're at the woman's ha- house, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's wearing these sort of like broggy shoes, very nineties, like cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then obviously at the end, he's wearing these like really structured suit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I love I love fashion and. Even like what Mike wears, he at some point he's wearing like yeah, I have red, his, his outfits down. Yeah, red trousers with I don't know, like he does have a yellow jacket that he wears mm-hmm. quite a lot. Um, but I'm pretty sure at some point he had pink and red. So and he had like, yellow pants cool. too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. my favorite Mark Scott style. But yeah, yeah, my favorite thing, and I have no idea why, is like. I love when guys wear... Okay, I love River Phoenix's... Uh, the He actually had really cool style on his own as well, so I wonder how much input he had in, in, this, uh, in this film. But I love especially when he has the yellow pants on and his they're like cropped they're a little like straight leg i guess they're not tight they're like straight leg and they're cut so they're frayed and then he has these like awesome black leather boots on and like the way that the pant like hits a little bit above the top of the boot so you can see part of his skin like from his leg and then you see the boot and the boot has like a heel on it i i love like that I love that, like, hemline or that balance, like, when people wear, like, two short pants with, like, tall boots. I think it just uh, it looks so fucking awesome. And I just love how his boots are, like, leather shoes. Like, he always wears these leather boots, and they have heels, and you can hear them when he walks, which I really yeah. like, too. And then, uh, and even in the end, at the very end, when those people, like, steal all that shit from him uh, on the road, he has, like, brogues on. He has, like, leather lace-up not really oh, yeah. proper brogues, but like dark brown. Yeah, they're like nice. Yeah. Like he never wears ratty yeah. sneakers. You would think you'd see him in like chucks or like some, you know, some like dirty sneaker, but he wears like structured shoes, even like thrift shop shoes, but like they're nice. I like that he has these like nice shoes. I thought that was really cool. And yeah, I and his hair looks incredible. <laughs> I know, yeah. He always I feel like guys have incredible so hair. It's kind of annoying. I feel like they they kind of have the... I don't know if it's like they just don't do, have as much product in their hair or what. Because every time guys have long hair, I'm like, what the fuck? Why is your hair like... Especially all mm-hmm. the grunge guys. Like, Eddie Vedder, Lord. Like, his hair is just oh, so yeah. beautiful. Same he with Chris Cornell. I'm just like, oh, hair. God, their hair is so nice. Actually, and they probably never have, wash it. <laughs> I need to have my husband in that list because he actually... His hair is insane. It's so long, and he doesn't have to do anything to it. And it's so soft and shiny. It's so annoying. And does he you know, use just like just cheap shampoo? Like, does he not even care what he uses? I feel like no guys um, use. He's anything. actually really good with like skincare, but when it comes to his hair, like he doesn't use like cheap shampoo, but he doesn't use the most expensive either. You know, just like a decent. 
Yeah. He cares more about conditioning. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, see, I mean, that's that's good. You know, like, that's kind of... Now people put stuff in their hair to make it look like they haven't washed it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you want to do that? Like, <laughs> that just sounds so crazy to me. And um, also, we didn't even touch on... I love when they go to Italy. Um, that's super cool. When they go to Rome to look for yeah, that his is mom. Cool. I feel like one of the scenes is, like, a bit off. But, yeah, like, when, when I'm, like is waiting for what well, is at this sort of uh piazza thing with mm-hmm. all the cakes there and then Keanu arrives in a in a cab. It's kinda weird because like Keanu doesn't go to where Mike is. He goes up where the piazza is with the kids and it's kind of off. Yeah, it is kinda weird. Together. I was like, what like I don't know. Maybe and they're like the Italian like street kids are like there and like speaking in Italian and and he, like, I think, like, Mike, like, wakes up and he's like, what? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, it's really cool that you, they shot there. That, that must have cost a bit of money. <laughs> that's probably the money. I feel like that's probably a huge part of it was, like, finding a team in Italy or flying out the mm-hmm. whole team to do, like, the camera work and all that stuff. And they were there for, like, well, like, the villa. You know, they go to that yeah. villa where he meets the, the girl that he marries. And then it's, like... Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's the only time, I guess, that they're there. They're just there in the city, and then they go out, and then... I just can't believe he left him. Like, that whole scene was so heartbreaking when... It was. When, um, Scott's just like, sorry, like, I'm gonna marry this woman, and, like, you know, like, that's it. Like, I'm leaving you. And he's like, what? Well, that wasn't the worst for me. I think the worst was when... When he comes um, back, when you when see him he, back. I'll tell you when because it's my favorite scene. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I just have like I love also the music variation too. Yeah, How there's like vintage music when that well, one guy makes him dress up as that like Dutch cleaner boy. It's like this weird like Jai's watching Boardwalk Empire right now, so it's very much reminds me of like the music from like the 20s and 30s and like probably 40s yeah, it's really old. too. I mean, yeah, it's not an extensive soundtrack, but for the most part, it's sort of um. I don't know, where is the music here? Okay, yeah. It's kind of like you, m- melodies with no lyrics for the most part, but it kind of has like an old western, not Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it's like it, country right? western. Yeah, yeah country kind of, blues. Yeah. And then yeah. the only songs that I recognize that was the, the old main drag by that group. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's at the end, called? right? Yeah, it's like it starts with a line of like when I went up to London or something, and that is very Irish. That, that yeah, is cool. Like, yeah, I think in fact the lead singer is Irish. I don't know if the other members are English, but they're quite old from like the eighties sort of thing. And then Madonna's song, Sherry, she's in it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so. But funny. the rest were just run. I mean, it's cool. It worked out, you know. Yeah, like, and the instrumentals are cool too. Mm-hmm. I really like it. And then I just have, I love the color palette. I love the bright green grass with like those muted grungy tones. I just think it, it just makes it look so earthy and yeah. it just makes like Portland look like this. I mean, and I would imagine that England is like this too because of the rain. Like when you go up oh, North yeah. and it's all green, you know, it's like, yeah, we don't get, rain so much. yeah, we don't get that here. Same with like Pacific Northwest. So everything's so lush and green and we have like shitty Brown grass and like, Sometimes it's green, sometimes it's not. Like it's just kind of like, unless you're really crazy about watering, like unless you're like yeah. nuts. But I mean, I'm not, or like we're not. So um, yeah, I, I feel that. Um, I mean, it's probably just me, but I where that those scenes where um they show the long road and the blue sky and and then 
just the super green ra- grass. Like that really reminds me of like um oh oh my gosh, hang on. Oh my gosh, my favorite, William Eggleston. Oh it reminds yeah. me of like that kind of I mean it's a completely different part of, of the US, right? Because he's from Memphis. But it, it is kind of that American setting from like Midwest. You yeah, know? totally, yeah. Very cool. That it's really Maybe. funny. So many like uh, people, like photographers that I follow on YouTube, they're just all the ones that are from Europe. They're everyone is just so obsessed with like American suburbia yes. and American have, like yeah, landscapes, totally. and a lot of them are definitely inspired by Eggleston. And um, I'm starting to get more into landscape photography and just like shooting at night and things too which i want to like get back to apparently my mom said that there's some weird dust storm coming from the sahara that's actually going to hit the southern u.s that's never happened before and it's supposed to cause amazing sunsets tomorrow i will verify this um where should i go to see i don't know i'm gonna look as she she asked me the other day she's like did you look up that thing about i told you maybe you can go out and like take some photos and i was like oh fuck yeah i was like uh yeah let me look into it i'm gonna look into it i will wear gloves and a mask. Yeah, I was gonna say like you should. And I literally do not touch any. Yeah, I I will wear the mask all day. I'm sure you're fine. Like, I mean, but wear masks, people. Dear God, we're still in a pandemic. Like, yeah, we wear masks. Yeah, like we'll we'll distance. But yeah, you don't have to be close. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't have to even be close because you know, like I'm outside and we're outside. You know, we're not in like a building, so I think we're with masks. Like, we'll be fine. So yeah, we should totally do that. Um, cool. cause yeah, I'm going to look it up and I'll, uh, I'll let you know, um, post recording, uh, we'll, we'll coordinate. Um, let's move on to favorite scenes, unless you have any more about the mood or anything like that. No, that's, that's, um, I'm happy to move on because I, do we do, do you have favorite lines as well? Or not? Um, I don't, but I mean, I, I would love to hear yours though. Okay. Well, okay. One of my, I have three favorite scenes. Okay. They're kind of like a bit weird but okay um i really like it when when scott gets off his uh limousine with his girlfriend or wife Mm -hmm. and they go into the restroom and bob and the other two boys like see him and, and follow him like i like the dialogue like how keanu Reeves is like his back is to him and then he Bob is talking to him and then the light on Keanu is like red and then his dialogue is like quite cool mm-hmm. um, he basically says like don't get near me blah 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 but I just like how tragic that was it's yeah. very sad you know yeah really um, so that's one of my favorite. <laughs> oh wow okay um, <laughs> sad I know I, put, I just like the drama I like dramatic stuff I can't believe you don't like watch reality it. TV and you love the drama <laughs> No, but that's not real. Reality yeah, TV is not real. No, sorry. it's not. I know. I know it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's real. That's silly. Uh, what's, what, what's your oh, one of mine? Scene? Okay, uh, the, yeah, one of yours. Uh, one of mine is just all of the love scenes that are in stills. Yeah. I just love all of them. Like, there's one where there's, I think, a threesome with the three, yes, three of so them. It's Mike and... Scott and some other guy. Yeah. The crazy one. Yeah. German. The German. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. And then I love the one in Italy with uh, Scott and the the girl that he meets. I just love the way that they're structured because I've never seen that. Even now. No, I know. I just never see it. It's like the more explicit, the better, you know? But you see it. You see that in like 
old French films, honestly. Oh, okay. I've only seen and a I handful. Haven't, I haven't seen a lot. I probably need to branch out. Yeah, there is, um, you know, the surrealist, like, uh, Luis Buñuel. See how you heard of him? But, yeah, no, he made so. He made some films in the 40s and stuff, and they all, I mean, he's Spanish, but he was, but they all take reference from, like, because back then, remember, like, Paris was, like, central, like, art is mm-hmm. central, basically, yeah. and everyone, everyone was going there, like, um, they all kind of exchange ideas, they were all friends, like, you know, Picasso, Dali, all of them, um, and they really, it's kind of, like, similar to what happened with punk music in, in, like, the 70s, you know, how they all were happy to, like, talk to each other and exchange ideas and in- inspire each other, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it wasn't, like, a yeah. competitive thing. No, it wasn't. It was cool. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I've done this. I, maybe I can, you know, um, use it as a starting point and, and go from there. Like, it's really cool. Anyway, yeah, so it reminds me of that a lot. Um, so I kind of feel like I've seen it, but it, it's cool that you've never seen it in, like, American directors yeah. really doing that. Um, What's your album? I like. I really liked. I mean, again, this is visual because it's not really any dialogue. But um, actually, no, I go for the second one. When they when they are at the cemetery because Bob dies, mm-hmm. and they all start singing and like throwing the chairs mm-hmm. and like just kind of, and then Scott is there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's obviously very different, and he's just like looking at them. I kind of like that. They're kind of like celebrating Bob, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of being sad, they just kind of like. That's how I want my funeral to be. I'd love if everyone was just screaming my name and just being like, "Ah." Yeah. No, I thought that was really cool. And not crying. I kind of like how Keanu, like or Scott. I guess we're gonna just keep. Uh... <laughs> mixing up their actors and names yeah but i like how he looked over at them and just like almost a little bit he's just like almost like he knows yeah he's like like jealous yeah and like wishes he was there and he knows all those people so and Mm -hmm. it's just like a very weird like at that moment i think when i first saw it i remember i was thinking like well maybe he'll be like you know, like, fuck this, this is not who I am, yeah, Yeah. and then just go over and be like, oh, Mike, you know, like, I'm so fucked up, like, I'm so sorry, or, you know, like, whatever, and then, you know, Mike would obviously, like, welcome him again, you know, maybe, or maybe not, who knows, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah, that crossed my mind, too, but obviously it didn't happen, um, but, yeah, I love, I love the, all the sex scenes, but the one that I recall most is with a German guy. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Because it's, it's three men, you know, mm-hmm. it's different in school. Um, yeah, what's your other one? My other one, which is my favorite scene in the entire film, is that campfire scene when Mike tells Scott that he's, like, in love with him and that he loves him, like, so much. And, and that whole scene was supposed to be, like, a three-page, really short scene, and River Phoenix actually wrote that that scene right i I read that yeah and when you listen to what he says it's so much of his life like he just says like i wish i had a normal family like i wish i i had like just a normal upbringing like i didn't have this i didn't have that and i was just like oh i was like just bawling i was just like that's him like that's That's totally him and the fact that he's just like in love with him and and scott's just like 
what do you mean? Like, I don't love other men. Like, you know, you can't love other men. And he's like, well, I mean, I love you. And, like, you don't pay me. So, like, you know, like... And it's the way that he kind of is around him after that. Like, it's just, like, all the walls completely shut down. And I was just like, oh, God, they're, like, so close. I'm going to cry. Like, I just... Oh, my God. This is just... Like, he, they both should have gotten some type of award for that scene alone. I just... I, I know. Because you just now know what he really feels. It's always kind of danced yeah. around. But you know now that it's more than just, you're my friend. Like, he takes care of him. And Scott shows that he loves him. But I just don't think that he... I, I don't know if he, like, realizes, but I think it might not be, like, a sexual attraction. It might just be, like, everything but. Like, everything but sexual attraction. Like, I emotionally care about you. I'm here for you. I know about your condition. You know, like, I help you through it. We're together. And that's why I was like, God, it's just so shocking that he turned on him after such... I mean, like, Mike just spilled everything. You know, he just kind of just told him, like, this is exactly how I feel. And that's really hard to do, I would assume, between two men in general. And he had no idea how he was going to react. You know, he could have punched him. He could have just left him there in the desert. You know, like, he had the motorcycle. Could have just left him there. Like, you just don't know. Instead, he just hugs him. Yeah, and then he's like, come here. I was like, oh, God. I was like, like, this is too much. (laughs) I was like, this is so good. Yeah. I feel no that that seems amazing. I, I like that a lot. But I knew that would be your favorite scene. Yeah. Like I was just like I mean for me it's like simpler because simpler than that in the sense that when you see you know the scene when Scott is like in his car and drives past Mike. Mm-hmm. Like way before the restaurant. That to me and he like Mike is sleeping on the street. You know, mm-hmm. that to me is like so simple, but it kind of tells you the whole, it's something, oh, like he's like moved on. He It's unclear whether he sees Mike or not, but mm-hmm. he he's literally driving past him and, and Mike is just like really struggling and sleeping on the street and like and kind of he like wakes up and, and goes closer to his bag or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. this is very sad. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. You said the, the time for what was come you know yeah it's true um he's just like changed and he's like this cold person now and like i mean i don't know i think like you do change a lot when you're that age you know like they're meant to be like 20 or 21 in the film so like i guess he just felt and he did say it he was like i will change when no one when no one least expects it Mm -hmm. he says it before you know yeah 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 but I have some favorite lines, which you sort of mentioned already. Oh, but cool. When he says, like, I only, he's like, I only have sex with a guy for money. And Mike is like, yeah, I know. And then he's like, I love you and you don't pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's later on when he's like, I've been, I've been um, tasting roads all my life. This road will never end. Yeah. And I think it's like really deep and yeah. kind of like, Kind of like the like a metaphor for life, you know. Yeah. Like, and then the other the other line is like this road has not ended. It probably goes all all the way around the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same. Like you always face like difficulties and like challenges, and it's just like life, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I like, like that's that a lot. lot about him too. I feel yeah. like he traveled a lot as a young child. Like, they moved around a lot. They were in, like, Venezuela. They were in Florida. He was born in Oregon. Like, I mean, it, it, he... It, like, so much of this, I feel like, mirrors a lot of his life. A lot of mm-hmm. River Phoenix's actual life. Because it's just very... 
yeah, it's just, it's so poignant. Like, when you just think about what we know about him now, um, it just seems very, like, you know, like he was just kind of in limbo, but he still did, like, did this thing that he loved, which is acting. So it just feels, it just feels very... It's always so sad when you see someone so talented and you're, like, deprived, basically, we're deprived of what he could have done, you know? Especially the way it happened, like a drug overdose, uh, you know? It's not like, it's not like there was, it was a terminal disease that, you know, like, couldn't be helped. And, you know, that was just, that was just kind of, like, what it was or, like, anything of medical. But it was just like, oh, no. It's so many of them. Jim Morrison. Like, you know, I think he didn't know what he was taking or something. And I think the same thing was with River. I feel like they said that he did something that night that he never did before. That, like, somebody gave him something that, like, he'd already taken something else. And this it was something that he didn't usually do. And, like, that was the mm. thing that, like, put him over. You know? It's like... Yeah, that that happens with a lot of them. There's so many, like, not musicians, but kind of people in, me, in the music industry who went that way. You know? Mm-hmm. They're... Yeah, it's just tragic. Yeah. I have two more, but they're not, like, super crazy. I have, uh, I just love the bookends of the film, like, the very beginning and the very end, how they're just so similar, and how they both have to do with the roads, and you kind of, like, in the beginning, you you hear about roads, and he's, like, you know, talking about, like, you know you're going to go on a journey, and at the end, it's kind of, like, he's in the same place, but very different, and, like, so much has happened to him between, like, the beginning and the end, and then, you know, the guy, like, robs him, like on the mm. street in the very end, oh, yeah. like takes his bag, takes his stuff, and then the other guy like puts him in a cab. Like the second person comes in, like puts him in a car. Um, and then the other one I love is just, I love when they're all those gay magazines and they start talking, and they're like oh, all yeah. the different oh, hustlers. Oh my god, that's really cool! I totally forgot. Yeah, I love that. that. And yeah. Keanu's just like, yeah, man. Like you know, if they're you know if they're willing to pay for it, then like yeah, man, I'm here. <laughs> like I'll do it. And he's like, what about you, Mike? And he like looks up. And he's like at the newsstand in the other in the other uh, like magazine cover, and he's like, yeah, you know. And they're all talking, like all the different yeah. hustlers are all talking. I no, really love that. That was really that. cool. I totally forgot to mention that. That was really great. Yeah, I really love that. That those are all the ones that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't. I don't have any more. Cool. Well, I'm I'm so excited that we've uh, talked about my own private Idaho. I'm glad that you saw it for the first time. It's yeah. Um, it's a, I'm glad I watched it. I can't believe I didn't even hear of, like of it before because it's quite old. I mean, yeah, ninety one. It's a sleeper. It's a definite sleeper. Totally. I feel like we should do. Uh, I really want to do something on Gregor Rocky. I guess I I should have planned it more for Pride Month. But you know what? It's Pride Month every fucking month, so it doesn't matter. But it is true. Um, yeah, so we'll yeah. definitely do. Uh, Gregor Rocky came about a bit later in like the new queer cinema movement, but he's way more like my fucking steez. I love Gregor Rocky so much. He's just this fucking acid trip '90s. It's insane. I love it. And he's worked with so many actors. So I feel like the next one, I feel like we should do a Gregor Rocky film. I don't know. I'll, I'll send it to you. And then you can watch it and you can, or watch yeah. part of it. And if you're like, this is too weird, I don't know, then don't, you know, don't be like afraid. But I feel like you'll like it. I mean, it's not yeah, like a slapstick it. comedy. It's fucking crazy. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. But he's another one that kind of came after Van Sant and has done a lot of really, he's got such a visual style and his cinematography is just out of this world. 
Oh like, yeah. Out of this world. So cool. Yeah, so, cool. so yeah. So, uh, we will catch you on the next one. Like, and subscribe and email us. If you have any questions, I have a poll up on the fashion grunge Facebook now, just how people listen to podcasts. Cause I'm curious. I know a lot of people are, uh, in other countries where they don't have Apple podcasts or they use Spotify or they use something else. So I'm just wanted to find out how you're listening to it. So if you do get this and you want to email info at fashiongrunge.com, just let me know how you listen to it. Are you on Google? Are you on whatever? There's so many, there's just so many different apps and stuff. So just want to make sure it's yeah. all out there, but yeah, this was super fun. And uh, thanks Jai. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. It was, it was great. It was fun. Thank you for making me watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.